Hi guys, James Wilson Taylor here for Rock Sound, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rock Sound podcast, where you can catch up on our latest interviews and today's guests from Asking Alexandria. We have Danny Warsnop and Ben Bruce. The brand new album is called See What's on the Inside, and it is out right now. It features that absolutely huge single alone again. We talk a little bit about putting together the record, bringing back guitar solos a lot more, which was interesting. Uh, their new recording process, doing things slightly differently than they've done before. Plans for the future, including, of course, that massive European tour that's kind of just been announced. They really want to put a lot of time in over here in the UK on this album campaign. Really, really great chat as ever with those guys. And as you may be aware, you can watch the video right now over on the Rock Sound YouTube channel as well. Just search for our video call playlist. Right, let's get into it then. Talking us through their brilliant brand new album, See What's on the Inside. From Asking Alexandria, this is Danny and Ben. We have got Ben and Danny on the line. How are you, gentlemen? Hello. Wonderful. Good to see you. Yes. Not hello. And? What? What's (laughs) up? up? We had a breakdown already, Ben. What's going on here, man? You said, how are you? And Danny went, hello. Oh, I see. Completely avoided the question. Yeah, (laughs) I'm, 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 uh... I'm 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 diverting the question. I've been I've been watching the news. I've been learning how to do it. Ben, tell me if, if I'm crazy. Uh, James, I don't know if it's thought you've done your hair, but I feel like I'm having a discussion with Chris Pratt right now. Ha! Oh, I mean, you're not the first to have said it. I always accuse everyone of being wrong when they do say it. it's far too nice a compliment. Maybe like a uh, Parks and Rec era Chris, but certainly not <laughs> jacked up Star Lord Chris. That ain't happening, man. You're a beautiful man, James. Oh, stop it, you stop it. Compliments get you everywhere. Anyway, it's nice to see you both. Ben obviously had a little chat with you kind of last year about various things. Uh, Daddy, nice to see you as well. I take it you're both kind of still hanging in there. I guess things are sort of opening up a little bit more where you both are right at the minute. Danny, how are things for you, man? Um, Things never closed here. Right, okay. So nothing's changed. Matt, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then much the same for you at the minute? Old, same old, same old? Yeah, I mean, things um, definitely closed here a little bit, you know, and I think... um, I'm starting to see a lot more people put their masks back on, which obviously is like a sad reality. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm used to it. You know, you get on, get on with life, don't you? Well, I mean, let's let's get down to it, guys. You know, um, by the time people seeing this, the single will have been out there, first of all. It's called Alone Again. And, uh, you know, at risk of sounding sort of cliched or whatever, it's that big anthemic kind of sound. It's that big rock anthem. I can totally see why you'd pick a song like this to, to kick off a kind of new album campaign for the band. Tell me a little bit about when this song started developing and how it came together. This was one that was... We wrote, we wrote a fair amount of it before going in the studio. Most of this we wrote in the studio. Um, and we kind of we kind of made a point of that. I mean, Ben's permanently writing. He's already finished the album after the next one. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is actually the first time we've been in a studio together in 10 years. We always were. We, we've, been go, we've been going in separately kind of as per everyone's schedules. And, you know, everyone lives split up and... It's been uh, a lot of kind of Ben and Ben and Matt writing and recording, and then uh, I'll fly in a couple months later and, and do some vocals, me and Matt, and then a couple months after that, James will go in and record some drums, and then that's the album. Like, we didn't demo anything. Like, that was it. Um, and this time, we kind of, we wanted to 
we wanted it to be about us and about you know what it is that we do and our music so we we all jumped on uh planes and met up in a studio and we're all there together and everyone everyone was involved and did their thing and i think we really managed to capture something special with it yeah i think you know like danny said this is the first time in over a decade where we were all in a studio together and i think you don't realize what's happening when you're in it um and over the last sort of 10 years everything just is in fast forward and you're told where to go when to go there how quickly to get there and it's just like boom 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 and before you know it you're just a puppet being told everything and you're just going through and you kind of forget and what i mean you completely forget why you started this this journey together in the first place and it's funny you look back at when you started the band and i i have such vivid memories of of all of us just in james's little he had a drum room off his parents house and we would be stoked and i remember when we wrote like the final episode and we would play it over and over and over and we would just all be stoked and that energy was just it was it was lightning in a bottle and it wasn't that it was just it was new and it was exciting and we were in love with what we were doing and it's not that over the years we've stopped loving music and we've stopped loving each other but it's just we were it's almost like you don't get given that opportunity anymore there's so many people involved um and i think this time this time off that we were all forced into uh kind of gave us a minute to reflect on all of that and you know this time when we were in the studio as danny said all together that magic was there again we were all, all five of us were there and it was so nice to be like oh, i've got this cool riff idea and i'd be jamming it and it'd be so nice to have the other four guys there feeding off that energy and you know sam would go and grab his bass and jam and and, and Danny would be there to throw his two cents in. And that's what made Asking Alexandria, Asking Alexandria. That's what made the magic happen. It was all five of us coming together. And I think for the first time since, I'm going to say since Stand Up and Scream, I think we captured that same passion and that same love um, and that same Asking Alexandria. Nice. I mean, it's, it's that interesting. That wasn't a metaphorical two cents, by the way. I would, I would throw change at him. Yeah. <laughs> throwing money at me yeah it was painful dodge the change and the noise you would make when it hit you that ends up on the track right That's like he was a stripper in the pirate days <laughs> have some doubloons <laughs> you sea wench <laughs> <laughs> always thought of you as a sea wench ben always thought of that <laughs> but that's interesting though isn't it that you've you've not worked in that way for a very very long time did you find like was there an adjustment period it's clearly worked really really nicely and you guys got very very comfortable with it but did it take a second to kind of find that rhythm again like that no i think because ultimately we're doing the same thing we're doing the same job it's just we're in, we're in a different environment to do it so i think not so much an adjustment period i think we just get we get better we 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 get better takes out of ourselves we get better ideas and there are, there are people to to weigh in whereas you know when we're stuck in our own little individual bubble um it's kind of we are the judge of what's good or not of our own part i think we pushed it but the fact we were all together pushed too because this room that i'm sat in that you can see is the room where the initial process starts and had it been like previous albums and i just stayed to myself and i wrote it all i would have stayed within my comfort zones you know that realm um and the fact that 
that's not what happened and we were all in the studio together i was pushed incredibly hard on the guitar front on this record it's like yeah that's cool but i didn't want yeah that's cool it's like well then you got to do better and we were pushed and i think that was the same with danny i think it was the same with sam and james and and you know and i think that made the experience even more enjoyable and especially as far as guitar i think when asking alexandria started guitar solos weren't cool they weren't a cool thing in rock anymore they'd been shunned and put aside um but we always were greatly influenced by bands that have lots of of guitar solos whether it was metallica or guns and roses or acdc and you know and and or you know zeppelin or any anyone queen any of these bands but and we always were very vocal about being influenced greatly by those bands but we never fully dove in and danny was always like let's do guitar solos but because they weren't really cool when we were younger we didn't we never did them and the longer i didn't do guitar solos the less comfortable i got doing guitar solos um but this time seven albums later when danny went do guitar solos i went all right let's do a guitar solo and I did a guitar solo and I was like, oh, damn, that's fucking sick. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. And then this album turned into a real rock and roll slash metal album. Like it's, It turned into guitar solos plus other stuff. Plus other stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, no, you can definitely hear that kind of throwback sound in a really positive way. It's it's very catchy choruses. I love it when a guitar solo kicks in, man. It's very, very exciting to hear you guitar guys. Guitar solos are without a doubt, the coolest part of any song ever. Yeah, and that's not a controversial statement as well, or at no. least it shouldn't be. Absolutely, It could be not. the best singer be, in the world. It shouldn't be, should it? We're, it's rock and roll, man. Yeah, of course. What happened to guitar solos? Michael Jackson's obviously one of one of, one of the greats with his, his, his music and his singing. Guitar solos were even cooler, though. That's true. Yeah. A couple of legendary I mean, to be fair, he did have, like, Slash he Eddie Van Halen playing him, but he got some all right guitar. <laughs> yeah. He had a pretty decent guest list on there. That's that's that is fair. That is kind of true. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Well, I mean, I mean, last time we chatted, I remember it was promoting the last record. You were saying, as we now know, you were already kind of thinking about ideas of what was going to come next. I'm curious, like, what of those ideas that you had going back then actually made it onto this final record? Very, very little. Um, and I think because back then, I think time had just started to slow down and everyone was kind of like, oh, well, this will be over in a few weeks. Um, and that didn't happen. So the longer we were away from everything, the more time I had to reflect, you know, and I do attribute a lot of that reflection down to my, my family life at home and being a dad and stuff. I just I get so much joy from watching my kids grow and, and learn and just be excited about life because they have no idea what life actually is and so they're still stoked and happy with everything and it just gets you thinking like oh man I remember when I was that stoked about stuff you know which led down many many internal conversations about man I remember how excited I used to get over music especially rock and metal music like what was that feeling and I, and I just started reminiscing on that and I think that led us down a very different path than where we were at when we were doing Because when I was writing after like A House on Fire, I was still in that same frame of mind, really. Um, but obviously with all of this reflection and, and, and inner monologue came a very different desire to create something 
kind of nostalgic in the sense that I wanted to feel the same way about music as I did when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, and I was blasting Metallica or, or Zeppelin or ACDC through my speakers, you know? Yeah, it's, it's funny talking about kind of reflection in not just the, the time that you're in and everything, but, you know, you mentioned that last record and you guys were in that unique position like so many bands were in where you couldn't tour it. And, you know, I think everyone was kind of uncertain when they were putting out records last year. Like, we don't quite know how this is going to work because we're not used to doing records and putting them out in this way. Big success for you guys, particularly a song like Anti-Socialist, which seems to, you know, taken on this life of its own, particularly out in the States. Like, it really has been nice to see that reaction, both commercial and just from the fans in general had a really, really nice reaction to that record. So when you're prepping the new music, what did you learn from, I guess, not only that record in general and its sound and what you achieved, but the success of it as well? Were there any learning curves that came from that? I think for me, a big one, and it's nothing to do with the creativity of how this record was created, the, the new one. But for me, it kind of, it made me feel more comfortable, like a lot of people. And I think, I think more so people behind the scenes than band members themselves were really nervous and apprehensive about releasing music during the pandemic because managers and labels, everyone, they want their bands on the road. They're like, we need to promote this stuff. And so there was a big scare. But for me, the success, like, like a house on fire has already outstreamed reckless and relentless. You know what I mean? And it's, 10 years younger, you know? And so for me, that made me be able to go to, to management and labels and stuff and be like, guys, we can still release music. And it's, and it's less daunting and it's less scary. And it's nice to know that the audience is still out there. Maybe even more so. Maybe the fact that like House on Fire is outstreamed Reckless and Relentless already and is quickly catching up to the rest. Maybe that proves that now it's even more important to keep releasing music since people don't have that that live uh, platform anymore um so i that's what i took away from it anyway i yeah. think one of the bit one of the biggest things i noticed and i've had a i've had conversations with a lot of friends and other bands about it as well um which i think is going to have the biggest impact on us and a lot of bands in the long run is we learned and proved over the last 20 months that we don't have to go on tour for 10 months out of a year like our 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 business has grown our our our, our, our career has improved over this time which while we're not able to tour says something and i think a, a lot of people have that we're friends with have, have experienced a similar thing where it's all of a sudden it's with the with the exception of myself everyone has kids Everyone has, you know, their, their, their family that's growing and they want to spend time with them. And it's, uh, I know for them, very difficult going out on the road for such um, enormous amounts of time and missing so much from home. And we kind of learned we don't have to. So we can be smarter with our touring and we can just, we can do fewer, better, bigger tours instead yeah, of just awful. killing ourselves on the road like we used to. Yeah. yeah. I, I had talk with Dione, our manager, uh, yesterday, actually, I was like, it's nice to know now, because it used to be we were on the road for like 300 days a year, maybe more. And you just get burnt out. And even then, like, I feel like when you're on your 300th show of the year, th whoever's seeing you isn't getting all of you, because you're just going through the motions at that point. So I think there's a lot to be said to this this time off. I think it's it's helped in many, many ways. Yeah, for, for it was three years running. We, uh, I don't know who it was who did it, but someone was kind of 
putting all the numbers in and we were the we were in the top five most tour, most touring and performing bands artists on the planet and yeah. everyone else on the list were people doing two to three shows a day and they were like 10 shows more than us and we were never doing more than one show a day like it was we we did something like 320 plus shows in a year yeah. and those people are doing like two or three a day and they're out for a hundred or so days yeah and we're just out every day <laughs> and we just, we just we don't want to do that anymore and we we've learned we don't have to well i mean that's the funny thing isn't it like i mean it's been discussed to death the fact that people in nine to five jobs you know everyone's finding new ways of working because we all had to you don't think necessarily when you guys aren't in the regular nine to five but every industry is adapting and changing yeah. and i think quite a positive way because it does mean you get better quality shows and you get more music traditionally as well and speaking yeah. of the, the kind of changes uh, we should mention you know big new label as well like that's been a that's a fundamental change this when i guess why did you think that this was the right moment to do that our contract was done. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Next question. <laughs> um, we can... No, I can't. The when wasn't so much the the the, the decision making part. Uh, that deal was done, and it was it was more so the who, which is, you know, we we met with the we met with a lot of people. And we met with the band. Uh, yeah, we yeah. asked them where do we go. Where do we go? They said better noise. Yeah. Um, they actually didn't mean the label. They just meant that you that we suck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they would just like for us to make better noise. Um, but yeah, we, we we talked with a lot of people, and it's 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 a big decision. Um, kind of signing with a new label because you're 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 really going into a full time partnership and relationship with someone who is, has to share your vision. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It's gonna get uncomfortable and difficult very quickly. So it's you know it's it's, it's finding that right parent and that right that right match to take those next steps and kind of start chasing the chasing the dream a little harder. Yeah. And I think a huge part of choosing better noise as well, you know, obviously they're a great label with great success all around the world, but as you can tell from my accent, not so much Danny's anymore, we're an English band, you know, we, we are a British band. It doesn't matter that we live in the States. We're British. We started in, in England. We're all born in England. We, you know, we still fucking love England. And it's been, it, it's, we've spent a lot of time focusing solely on North America. And that wasn't necessarily by choice nor by design, just more circumstance. You know, I think when we signed with Sumerian, we were so young, but so was Sumerian. And so we've grown together and it was always easiest to grow where we were. And we just so happened to be in America. So a lot of focus and attention and time went on to North America <clears throat> and over the years there's always there's been so many discussions like well we want more in the UK and we want more in Europe you know um, we go to we'll, we'll fly out to England to go on tour and we'll sell out Brixton Academy we'll do you know we'll do five and a half thousand six thousand people in London we'll sell out Academy One in Birmingham that's three thousand people in Birmingham but we've sold no records in England in our home country like how's that a thing and so that was a huge discussion that we had with Better Noise and they have boots on the ground in England. And we actually signed out of their UK, their London office. So for the first time in our career, we're a British band signed out of Britain. Um, and so that was, that, was, that was important for us, you know, and we're hoping it means we'll have a bigger presence back home in England 
um, which then will translate to having a bigger presence in Europe and and elsewhere too, because we'll be traveling more. Wow, I've uh, I I purchased a subscription to BritBox, which is um, since you're a British TV, but we can get it over here because <gasps> the only people I am exposed to are Americans and American media and American television and film, uh, and mostly uh, with the exception of Ben, uh, we talk entirely too much on the phone about nothing. Um, but uh, everyone else, we talk on text, so. I'm exposed to American voice all the time. So I'm trying to give myself exposure therapy by exposing myself to cats 24 hours a day. Yep. Yep. Yeah, is that I... what you're going for? I was wondering what, what are the BritBox choices that are getting you back into it's, it? Uh, it it's, it's been QI and eight out of 10 cats. I want to mention, um, of course, the title of the album. There's a track on there as well called See What's On The Inside. I always like to ask people about album titles. I don't care if it's a cliche question because it genuinely fascinates me. I always want to know why do people pick these phrases that they think sums up a collection of songs? See What's On The Inside. What made you guys pick that particular title? I think it's pretty self-explanatory for this one, you know, with, with, every, with how the record... We're serial killers. Yeah. Oh. See What's On The Inside. Um, no, that's how my kills. We went back to basics. We stopped relying on computers and all that stuff. Everything that you hear on the record is us um, in its rawest uh, form. And I think when it came down to album titles, this band, I, I'm sure it's the same with most bands, but it just takes forever to think of a, an album title forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And you go round and round and round. This one, it, it came very quickly, it was one night we sat down and it's like, what, do, what should we call the album? And that was kind of just the one that just came out and resonated with everyone. And, you know, I'm not sure if you've seen the album artwork yet or anything, but again, oh, but yeah, it's, that's, it's so simple and so basic and it's just peel back the layers. And we, we wanted the record, the music to speak for itself. Um, and I think it does. It's nice. I'm glad you mentioned the artwork, actually, because seeing as you've been saying about guitar solos and the kind of, you know, the acts that you always traditionally were inspired by anyway. I mean, that's that's an album artwork that's a throwback to an era that I'm very excited by. I mean, that must have been in your mind, right? All those classic rock acts in there, too. 100 percent. 100 percent. So it's and, you know, and I think oh, I'm just excited. I'm excited for people to see it, to hear it, to dive into it. Um, I'm excited to be called Imagine Dragons on YouTube again. <laughs> <laughs> all the fun that comes with it yeah. all the fun so oh, this wow. album sounds like country and it's my fault so <laughs> <laughs> every damn time <laughs> at least you're ready for those youtube comments that's yeah. what we like ready to fire back and you know what smarter men the nurse would just not look at them yeah. <laughs> it must it must be a tough temptation i know the feeling when we put oh no I'm gonna, I'm gonna read all of them and i am gonna second guess everything we've done <laughs> And I'm, we're, we're going to have a call, like, the day after it comes out, and we're gonna be like, did we fuck up? And then two weeks, out, two weeks after that, it'll have, like, 100 million streams, and we'll be like, ah, oh, never mind, we'll get... Yeah, yeah, deep breath, all fine, all good. That week one panic is real. <laughs> oh, God, the release week panic, that's the real yep. deal right there. People, people think they know everything, but don't really know everything, and so the steady decline of first week sales is a real thing, and you get people online going, oh, well, compared to this album, this one's a failure immediately. It's like, hey, dick, no one buys music <laughs> did you, anymore. Did you buy the CD? Because uh, <laughs> nobody buys CDs. If I bought the CD, I would have nowhere to play it. <laughs> you can't buy my, car does, my car doesn't have a CD player. My car's dope. Yeah, who does? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I hope, you know, I think 
it, times have just changed. That's the thing. But you know what's funny? The industry hasn't. There's still no. so much pressure on what's that first week? What's that first week number? Mm. And it's absurd to me. It's insane. Oh, especially seeing what's happened with this last record for you guys. That did feel like, not. I don't want to say slow burn or anything like that, but it definitely grew over time. And like I say, yeah. with those singles, it was very, very cool to see them I sort of take off after a while. I think that's a lot attributed to the fact that we haven't been able to tour them. Here's what, here's what our career goes like every single time. Without fail, minus the first album, because no one knew who we were. So that one doesn't count. Um, what happens is... Um, and people like to forget this when they think about their favorite album, but they absolutely did this. It comes out and they hate it because uh, because <laughs> it sounds nothing like the one before it, and they hate it. And we sold out. And then about six months pass, and they're like, oh, "I gave it another go. You know, it's pretty good." And then we release the next album, and the one they hated is their favorite. And then they hate this one. <laughs> As long as, <laughs> as long as it keeps ticking along, that's all that matters. Yeah. Pattern, stick with it. That's what they we see want. It, they, see, they see it live. It makes sense. They're like, oh, I get it. It's really good. This new album's way more raw and rock and roll and metal. Yeah. And, and now everyone's going to be like, why doesn't this sound like a house on fire? Yep. Like, that's my favorite album. <laughs> As long as you're prepped, it's all good. So you're prepared for what the reaction will be. I'll leave you with this, guys. I mean, we keep mentioning live. We should, of course, mention, you know, you've announced the tour of the day to remember out in the States. I'm sure there will be. When someone says that, I'll leave you with this, guys, because that's what our manager does at the end of a long call. He's like, I'll leave you with this. And he hangs up on me. And I'm like, what happened? Did I lose reception? What was that? Exactly like that. That's how I'm going to cut you off. No, um, live plans. We've got the Data Remember Tour in the States. I mean, yes. clearly, as you've said, want to do a lot of UK shows when, I mean, presumably yes. that's that's going to be up and coming. I would imagine, like every other band under the sun, you've been fantasizing about getting back on those stages. You must already know not only what moments from this record are going to go absolutely hard, but also the previous record, which you've not even had a chance to play yet. We like to think we know what bits are going to pop off, and we are usually wrong. Um, and and it's, it's, it, no, it's, it's not it's not for the worst, but it's usually, you know, we assume it's going to be this one bit. And very often it's something we hadn't even considered is like it goes so like, where did it go uh, from the self-title record goes way harder than absolutely anything else in our entire show. And we didn't yeah, see that coming. Uh, that was never even a focus track, was it? But then nope. it just translated live. We didn't so. do a video or anything, but live, it just it goes off. That's that, that is the most energetic part of absolutely any show to date. Um, obviously, we haven't played any of anything from like a house on fire minus the violence, um, and we haven't played anything off. See what's on the inside either. So it's, there's, there's going to be a lot of kind of really exciting learning and seeing, um, you know, what the what the fan favorites are. Yeah, it's going to be a cool. Because at the end of the day, we have our favorites, but that doesn't matter at all. Because yeah. um, we actually get the album for free, so. Yeah. Doesn't matter what we think. <laughs> or anyone else too. It's crazy. I've actually already heard it, all of it. Oh my god! The best part of being in a band, hearing all yeah. those songs early—that's <laughs> the real <laughs> takeaway, right there. Um, guys, it's always it, three and a half stars on my iTunes. Oh, oh, good. Oh, wow! You're really pushing it up. That's good. <laughs> um, guys, it's really nice to chat to you always. Um, congrats on this record. Genuinely, really, really enjoyed it, man. It's nice to hear you guys playing with these sounds and guitar solos and all that kind of stuff. Look forward to seeing you in the UK whenever that may happen. But in the meantime, take oh. care of yourselves out there. All right. I would like to go on record and just say before we leave, it is a massive priority of ours. And every single phone call that we have that um, is related to touring, it is uh, it, it is brought up every single time by us when uh, UK and Europe is happening. Yeah. So it's, it, it's 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 not just a, yeah, it's coming thing. It's, it's one of the top things on our priority list. 
period oh, of everything. We Very actually are coming time. home. It's not like what just happened with the football. We will actually see it through. <laughs> it is actually coming home. It's actually that's coming home. We're want. actually coming home. <laughs> Something that's coming home that you can believe in right here. It's asking <laughs> Alexandria. Thank you once again to Danny and Ben for that conversation. Like I said before, the new album is See What's on the Inside and it is available right now. And you can check out the video of that conversation right now over on the Rock Sound YouTube channel on our video call playlist. And do make sure you subscribe to the Rock Sound podcast so you can catch all our latest interviews. We are available on Amazon Music, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or really wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you again soon for a brand new episode. In the meantime, I've been James Wilson and thank you for listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. <laughs>